Hey, how's it going, baseball fans? And welcome to another episode of Passion for the Pastime, a baseball podcast where we talk everything baseball. I'm your host, Walter Ricardo and thank you for joining in. Now, we have a lot to get into today, so let's just jump right in. So, Bryce Harper wasted no time uh, in getting himself familiarized with the Phillies and the Phillies fans. And he came out and said straight up, uh, I think it was probably his first interview uh, since signing with the Phillies. Um, you know, he got that corrected. He wanted to bring a, a title back to D.C. Now he knows he's playing in Philly. So we had to give him about a week. But uh, when he was talking to reporters, he pretty much came out and said, uh, if you think I'm not calling Mike Trout in 2020, then you are crazy. And later on that week, uh, or this past week, he backed that up and just said, "If you didn't, if I didn't mean what I said, I wouldn't have said it." So, the, the Bryce Harper era in Philly is uh, kicking off to a fantastic start. And uh, he had his first start in spring training for the Phillies this past weekend, and his walk-up song was the theme song for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, made famous by Will Smith, uh, the favorite son of Philadelphia. So. Bryce Harper, he's 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 having fun in in Philly. I mean, why not? You're getting paid a ton of money. Why not have fun in the process? Now, that's enough of Bryce Harper. I think this offseason, uh, we've talked too much about Bryce Harper. Um, but just before we move on from Bryce Harper, I think that he's gonna tear it up in that lineup. Just just to let you guys know, because Philly uh, is a live ballpark. And with that lineup that he has, could you guys imagine uh, with the current lineup that they have right now, um, could you imagine that they get Mike Trout in two years? That will be uh, that will be disgusting. That That's assuming that they have the same guys, right, with Reese Hoskins and uh, possibly, uh, well, you know, Andrew McCutcheon will probably be the odd man out. He's on a three-year deal, I believe, so he'll have a year overlap or they'll, they'll buy out his contract. But uh, that that will be nasty if you had Mike Trout and uh, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins in in the three to five hole. That will be nasty. So uh, that's the that's it for for Bryce Harper. I don't really want to talk about Bryce Harper anymore. We've talked about him the entire off season. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I have to make another note. His uh, number three jersey for the Phillies um, broke record for being the highest sold uh, jersey in a 24-hour period. Uh, it, they were just flying off the shelves, and they continue to. I mean, you know, the Phil, the Philly faithful, the Philly fan is a fanatic. They, they, they are diehard baseball fans, diehard die fans in general. I mean, you look at the Philly uh, for the Eagles when they won that Super Bowl. You know, the, the, they are a good fan base. So... You know, seeing those jersey numbers that that speaks volumes to uh, what Bryce Harper has walked into in Philly. So again, that's it. That's it for Bryce Harper. I, I promise. Uh, if he comes up again, I owe everybody five dollars. But <laughs> so let's look into um, you know injuries. We have a lot of injuries uh, spring training, and that usually happens because you know you have a, you have a long layoff. A lot of guys. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of guys are, are keeping in shape in the offseason, but spring training, you know, your body isn't used to going through those motions again. That's what we do spring training for. It's to get the body acclimated 
to uh, the type of workload that you're going to get in the regular season, get everybody um, in condi- condition. I mean, you're not going to come to spring training trying to condition yourself. You should already be conditioned. But if you had to get injured at some point or another, uh, spring training is the best time to do it. So um, Miguel Sano for the Minnesota Twins, he's going to be out until at least May uh, as he had a procedure done for his uh, to re- repair his Achilles, so that's going to be a big blow to the Twins this um, this season. Another injury in the American League is uh, Luis Severino. Um, he for for the Yankees, he is not expected uh, to be ready for Opening Day. That doesn't mean that he won't be ready a, a week or two after that. Um, it's still unclear to see where. Uh, he's going to slot in, but Severino, he's unlikely for opening day for a rotator cuff uh, inflammation. So they're going to have to monitor that situation uh, a little a little bit more closely um, for the Yankees because the Yankees, they are projected to win 95 games, and that is with a healthy Luis Severino. So uh, my question to you guys, and you can drop it down in the com- in the comments, 95 games for the Yankees, and it's also for the Red Sox. 95 games for the Yankees and for the Red Sox. Are you guys going over or under? For the Yankees, uh, depending on how serious this injury is for Severino, and it's not anticipated that's going to be super, um, like a big deal. Uh, It shouldn't linger. Uh, They're dealing with it in spring training, so... You know, they're taking precaution, and if it was in the regular season, would he be pitching through it? Possibly if it's if they're in a uh, playoff race. But 95 games, they won 100 games last year. And with a possibly injured Luis Severino, um, practically the same, the same team, they have uh, Ottavino now in the bullpen, I am anticipating the Yankees to maybe crack even. I think they finish at 95 games. That's that's my uh, prediction for the Yankees. Now for the Red Sox, the Red Sox, I think that they finish under. I don't think that they, I mean, they had a fantastic season last year, uh, 108 games, but I think that they finish under that 95 game mark. That uh, was also said. So with that being said, I have the Yankees winning the NL East. And if you guys disagree, go ahead and drop it down in the comments. I want to know your opinions on uh, on this situation in the NL East. Because 95 games, that's that's a big number. But, you know, these teams won 100 and 108 games last year. <laughs> and, you know, the, the NL East, or the AL East, excuse me, the AL East is pretty thin uh, when you look past the Yankees and uh, the Red Sox. But a team that could really screw up that 95-game total is the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, they finished with 90 games, 90 wins last year, and they missed the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and they have a better team coming in this year. They have a better uh, better rotation now, better offense. And are they going to be able to challenge you know, those two heavyweights in the AL East. But other than that, I mean, Toronto, they have a lot of prospects. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, and Baltimore, they're just in a full rebuild. They only won 47 games last year. Uh, they're probably going to win about the same or maybe a little bit less. Uh, Baltimore, they're just in a, a full rebuild, right? And 
you know, that's that's the rest of the American League East. And that's why that those win totals are so high, because you anticipate that the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to be sweeping Toronto and uh, and the Orioles. And, you know, that's just how it goes. Like when you look at the NL West, um, you know, you have the Dodgers and, you know, the Dodgers are going to win the, the division. But then you have the teams that they could beat up on, like the San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres. But the Padres, they have a lot of upside, but they're not ready to compete. Even Manny Machado uh, has come to the realization that they're not competing for a division. He came out in an interview late, uh, earlier this week, and he said, yeah, you know, we're, we're coming out there. We're going we're gonna to play strong. We're going to play hard. And well, we're not competing for a division, but uh, we might go for a wild card. It's like, damn, dude, like you have to shoot for <laughs> I understand being realistic, but you got to at least shoot for the division and then the wild card is is a bonus. I mean, if you shoot low, you're going to you're going to end up coming in low. Uh I mean, do the do the Padres really have a shot at the wild card? You know, I I don't know. I highly I highly doubt it. Um they're in a I want to say I want to say in a rebuild, but they're they're coming up, but they're youthful. Uh they'll be relevant for years to come in in the next couple of years, but uh, right now, I don't think that they're ready to compete for even a wild card spot. But you know, you don't say that, Manny. Like, <laughs> come on, man. You, you don't just, yeah, we're just gonna go out there. We're gonna go have fun, and maybe we'll find a playoff spot. Like, no, you're you're shooting for a playoff spot. I understand being realistic, but you don't tell us that. Like, if that's cool, if you guys are realistic in the in the locker room and all that, but uh, you want to at least shoot for you know making the playoffs, making a. Uh, winning the division or making a, a crack at it. But, you know, I, I understand because in the NL West, you have the Dodgers and you have the Rockies at least in front of you. And the Diamondbacks there, I, I predict that the that the Padres are going to finish third in the division and then it'll be uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants rounding out the bottom. But, uh, you know, that, that's that's the that's the mentality of the San Diego Padres and Manny Machado. Um, that's well. I want to say I want to say that's re- reflective on the entire team. Just Manny Machado, but uh, maybe next time, Manny, keep that to yourself. But uh, going back to the Yankees and the Red Sox, mainly the Red Sox. Um, you know, the Red Sox are at ninety-five games, also, and I just don't. They didn't improve their their bullpen situation. Uh, Craig Kimbrell is still out there, but he was he was seen around the Braves camp. But he is still yet to receive a offer um, or anything that he's liked. So that that is what comes into question now is is Kimbrel Kimbrel just gonna sit out because he did say, but I don't know if he was trying to have somebody call his bluff. Um, he did say that he is willing to sit out the remainder of the season or the entire season uh, if he didn't get a contract that he liked. And apparently he hasn't gotten a contract that he likes because he is still without a team. Um, will his mind change when it comes to, you know, uh, the summer and uh, a lot of teams are are making playoff pushes and they offer him, you know, some money to, to come to come pitch for half a season. Then he might come back. But um, I think Kimbrell, I, I think he's a man of his word, man. I don't I don't think that he, if he doesn't get a deal that he likes. Um, going into the season, I don't think that you can expect him to pitch this year. Uh, it, the situation may change, 
when it comes down to, you know, half a season, you're going into a, uh, a playoff hunt with, with playoff teams and, you know, get a quick paycheck, maybe get a ring. That That's a win-win for him, I guess. But it looks like he's not going to, uh, to, to sign at least no, no signs of it early on. So, um, but looking at the, the Red Sox, what they have going for them is they have Mookie Betts. Okay. And the reason why I bring him up is because in a, uh, in a spring training game, they had him wired up and I'm trying to find the audio right now so I can play it for you. But, uh, they had him wired up on the mic and he was just hilarious, man. Like he, he was, he was funny. He had the jokes and, uh, you know, my question to MLB is why don't they do this more often during, during the regular season? I think that that would, that would increase the, uh, the viewership of the fans and just enhance the, the, um, the viewing experience for everybody. Uh, I personally like it. Obviously, I understand in real game situations, you want to have these guys focused. So uh, you don't want them to be talking to somebody in their ear, have a ball come hit to them, and then they, they have an error because they weren't paying attention. Um, I totally understand that. But, you know, maybe not so much when they're in the field. Maybe even when they're when they're in the, the, the dugout. I mean, they do that. Um, they do that a couple of times during the year, but... With, with listening to Mookie Betts, uh, I'm still trying to find this audio. With with looking for or with uh, listening to Mookie Betts, uh, it, was, it was just funny, man. He he had jokes. He was making me laugh, and you know I want to I want to hear more of that. And here, finally, I found the audio, and you guys uh, enjoy this. Just ta- just take a listen to this. Is just normal Mookie Betts in a spring training game. No, it's the same chain. I tuck it in, though. You know, I took my ice in. Y'all don't want me to be great, so. <laughs> it's all right. Is that what it's called, ice? That's what they, that's what they call it in the streets. <laughs> tuck my ice in. You should see Tim's ice. <laughs> Is it nice? I haven't seen it. Ice ice. <laughs> you know why they call it ice, right? What's that? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just what you get when you listen to Mookie Betts. If you couldn't hear that audio, uh, they were pretty much talking about Ice, his his uh, chain, and he was he was running out um, to back up first, a uh, throw to first base because that's what you do when you play uh, when you play in the outfield, right? You got to back up the the bases. So uh, there was a throw to first base. He was running over there, and he was jogging back to his position in uh, in right field, and then you could hear his chain bouncing. And the announcers they were like, "Hey, Mookie, did your did your chain get bigger?" And he was like, oh, nah, but I'll, I'll tuck it away. I'll tuck it away my ice. And then they were, like, <laughs> and they were like, oh, is that what they call it, the ice? And then he's like, yeah, that's what they call it in the streets. <laughs> and then and then he went and asked, uh, hey, you know why they call it ice, right? And then they were like, no, why? He's like, I don't know. I, I thought you guys knew. <laughs> it's just, man, Mookie is just, he's he's probably one of my favorite players um, in baseball today. He's, he's definitely uh, my top five um, because, you know, I'm a huge Mike Trout fan. Huge Altuve fan, and uh, you know, huge Ar- Arnado fan too. Surprisingly enough, I'm a Giants fan, and you know, he terrorizes the Giants. But I just like everything that he does, and he's just a great guy. So, uh, Mookie Betts is definitely up there. But MLB needs to 
uh, try to implement this a little bit more because I think that it'll enhance the viewership, um, the fan experience. Honestly, um, you know, if they could do it in a in a safe environment, um, you know, maybe in not as as high stakes games, definitely not in a playoff game, obviously, because they need that they need to be full fully focused on what they're doing. But um, you know, it, it it I I like it. I like it. Uh, let me know what you guys think about it in the comments. And, you know, s since we're still uh, talking about the Red Sox, uh, you know, we're going to look at spring training numbers and we're going to look at the players that are that are standouts, that are making a, a case to join the teams, join the 25-man rosters for opening day. And the Red Sox have Michael Chavez. And, you know, he he's doing he's having a pretty good uh, pretty good spring. Uh, he has four home runs. 10 RBIs and 22 plate appearances, and uh, he's hitting 273. So his average isn't that great, but you know he's shown a lot of power, and he's lobbying to uh, make the 25-man roster. So that that'll be interesting to watch as well. But other spring training standouts, we have uh, Lewis Brinson for the Miami Marlins, 24 years old. He is tearing it up man he if there was an mvp for for uh spring training he will get it because he has five home runs five rbis so they were all solo shots but uh his his average is 423 so are you gonna buy high on uh on lewis brinson or is it just you know just the the water in uh in uh the grapefruit league we'll, we'll find out but he's tearing it up uh, Bo Bichette, actually, uh, he has been doing pretty good. He has four home runs, five RBIs, hitting 400 for the Toronto Blue Jays. So, and and the Blue Jays, they have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of uh, players of or um, yeah, for, former former players' uh, sons on their teams. They have uh, you know Bo Bichette. They have uh, Biggio. And they have, you know, Vlad Vlad Jr., the the most talked about prospect in baseball uh, in the last couple of years, probably probably since uh, Bryce Harper, actually, uh, you know, the hype around Vlad Jr. But um, some bad news on the Vlad Jr. front is that he's going to be out for the next three weeks, and it was anticipated that he wasn't going to make the. Uh, big league roster just because when it comes down to it um it's the service time aspect you know they don't want to start the player clock too early for for this kid i mean he is only 19 years old and he wasn't having a great spring um you know 19 at bats he had he was hitting 211 uh with one rbi but his glove has looked pretty good so there that's that's a bonus um but you know, he, he's out with a oblique strain. He's going to be out for at least three weeks, what they're anticipating. So uh, he probably won't see major league action. If he does this this year, uh, he's probably not going to see it until maybe June because, uh, you know, three weeks from now, that's that's going to be a week after spring training. Then they're going to have him in the minors to, to rehab it and do all that nonsense. So they'll probably rehab him for a month. Then that puts you at uh, the end of May or or mid-May, and then they'll probably just leave him in the minors just to get him more at-bats, just to get him more comfortable. Then then they'll probably uh, call him up 
in in June. That's that's my anticipation. But with more on the prospect watch, uh, we switch over to the south side of Chicago with Eloy Jimenez. And this past week, he hit his first home run of spring. But that brings his uh, his at-bat total to uh, 3 for 17, so not that great. And he has six strikeouts in those 17 plate appearances. Uh, he probably wouldn't have made the roster anyway, no matter how good, how much he tore it up. Obviously, if he was tearing it up in spring training, which he isn't, but if he was, uh, it'd make a harder case to send him down to the minors. But, you know, it was anticipated, again, because of the service time restrictions. Uh, major league teams, they don't want to start the player's clock uh, too early. Because, you know, if you do, then they hit free agency in, in, the, in their prime or a little too early to, to have a good sense of the player. And then, you know, you end up having to spend a whole bunch of money, all, all, that, all that crap. So um, that's something that, you know, the, the MLB and the players union, they're going to be discussing uh, this next offseason. But what they have discussed, uh, before we get into more... Um, prospect watch is rule changes for 2020 what they have discussed and what are most likely going to happen um, first we'll talk about the 13 pitcher limit now they're trying to set a limit on how many pitchers you can have on your 25 man roster and they are trying to cap it off at 13 and with that being said, they are also trying to, and this is all for, you know, uh, less pitching changes, less uh, mound visits. They're even trying to take out mound visits unless you're taking out the pitcher. Um, and this is MLB's effort in trying to speed up the game. And, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 with it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, again, drop it down in the comments and let me know. The, uh, you know, the, the, the time frame for baseball it is what it is baseball has always been that way to me um, but that's because I played it that's because I've grown up watching it and I'm used to it all these rule changes they're not catering to the normal fan to their they're catering to the casual fan or the fans that want to spend money at these at these locations uh you know th that's that's just how I see it they're trying to speed it up they're trying to make it more uh more friendly to a whole bigger audience, which I get. I mean, they, they want to have more viewership. I understand that. I mean, you're not going to watch a whole game if you're not a diehard fan. You're not going to watch a whole game at home for three and a half hours. Uh, that's just what it comes down to. That's what baseball is. And, you know, that when you look at basketball, when you look at football, the time frames are, are a lot uh, faster. Uh, you know, it's not three and a half hours. It's maybe closer to... Maybe maybe two, uh, two and a half, something like that. But um, they're looking at those for, for the rule changes. But the biggest one, and this is the one that has the most traction that's actually going to happen. But uh, Tommy Pham, he came out and he didn't like this idea because what it comes down to is th this is with All-Star Weekend. Uh, or not All-Star Weekend, but All-Star Week, um, the festivities with Home Run Derby, all that kind of stuff, um, with All-Star Selection. He didn't like it. And I'll present what what we're talking about, but he didn't he didn't like it because um, with the selection of all star comes you know when you come into arbitration when you come into contracts negotiations um, you know a deserving all star that should have been 
uh, elected into the All-Star game didn't get it because of popular votes. Um, that's what it comes down to. We had a, a couple of years ago when Derek Jeter had no reason in being in the uh, the last All-Star game, but because out of a respect, and I, and I actually liked it, so I'm not going to complain about it too much, but, uh, but out of respect for Derek Jeter, it's his last year, it's his last hurrah, uh, he had like the most votes to get into the All-Star game. And, you know, he didn't necessarily... Uh, need to go into the all-star game but see that's a spot to where someone that is lobbying for more money uh, contract negotiations for next year if they would have made an all-star selection then that would up their uh, you know up up their price a little bit so that I understand where Tommy Pham is coming from uh, in that situation because and especially because he's in Tampa so the so the the uh, fan break, the fan base out there isn't as big as if he was in uh, St. Louis. You know, people aren't going to be voting for him unless he's tearing it up. So that's that's where the fear comes into. But let me talk about uh, what this is because you guys are probably sitting there like, what the hell is he talking about? I don't even know what he's talking about. We're talking about All-Star uh, Week. And what they're talking about is All-Star Election Day. Uh, so what this consists of is they open up the voting from a set time period to a, to another time period, which is what they do now. Um, the top three vote getters at each position are then put into an election pool. So what they do, let's, let's just say, uh, for first base, we got in the, in the national league, we got Joey Votto, um, Bellinger and Goldschmidt. They're the top three vote getters of of the of the National League. Now those top three guys are going to be put into an election day, a one day event to where the fans from all over the country, wherever you are, you can vote for these guys. And the main vote getter uh, in that day in that time frame is the All Star. Now, what Tommy Fan was getting at was well, it's a popularity contest because. I mean, well, that's not a really good example that I just gave because those are big um, fan bases. But let's just say, okay, you look at uh, St. Louis with Goldschmidt. Huge fan following for St. Louis. Huge. Then you pair him up with uh, Joey Votto, which Cincinnati isn't a great, um, you know, baseball town. But, it, you know, it's it's decent. But when you compare it to St. Louis... Uh, you can see who is favored in that, um, you know, and the people voting for this, they're not going to be voting for who they think, uh, should, should win it over this guy or that guy. If you're a St. Louis fan and you picked, you know, uh, cause you could pick, I think, I think it's up to three on the all-star ballot, but, uh, if you picked, you know, uh, Goldschmidt and Votto, you're going to pick Goldschmidt. You're going to pick your own guy over Joey Votto, even if Joey Votto has the better numbers. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. You want to see your guy, um, you know, I'm a little bit different. I won't vote for my own guys. Uh, you know, I'll vote for who's better at the position. But, you know, when I did used to fill out ballots when I was younger um, and I didn't look at it that way, I would I would put in, you know, uh, Ray Durham or, or Freddie, Freddie Sanchez, you know, even when they're not even having great years, uh, Juan Uribe, it's like, come on, man. Like they, they had no reason for getting my vote, uh, other than 
I'm a Giants fan. They played for the Giants. I'm going to vote all Giants. That's pretty much all it came down to. But, um, yeah, they're, they're talking about doing that election day, which I think could be uh, pretty fun. And, honestly, I think that the numbers in, in MLB election day is probably going to be bigger than uh, than presidential election day, just saying. But, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be, it could be fun. But I understand what Tommy Pham's talking about because a lot of people, um, they rely on those all-star selections. They rely on those gold glove uh, winning you know, uh, silver sluggers. They rely on getting the, but you know, obviously the gold gloves, silver sluggers, all that. That is done by you know how the players play. That that has nothing to do with the fans. All star selection uh, that could be held against a player because oh well, you didn't make the, you didn't make the all star team. You had good numbers, but you didn't you didn't make the all star team, so you're not an all star. So we can't really uh, pay you X amount of money, but we'll give you this amount of money. That, that's what it comes down to, and I totally understand that. I mean, you know, they're making tons of money, but, uh, you know, if the fans are is pretty much made into a popularity contest, you know, uh, I don't think that's fair to the players. That's just my opinion. And then also uh, for All-Star Week, uh, for the Home Run Derby, they've talked about upping the price for the Derby winner when – I don't know how much you could up the price. Um, I don't know how. I don't honestly. I don't know uh, how much they were winning to begin with. Uh, but they're apparently talking about upping the price. But when you got these guys making millions and millions and millions of dollars, how much can you really up the uh, the home run derby prize money um, to get? Because what they're trying to get at is. Well, we're trying to have a, a Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper he did it, but it was because it was in it was in uh, Washington. That's the only reason he did it last year. But um, and, and you know probably he wanted to have that under his belt, saying, "Hey, you know I'm a home run derby champion. Uh, pay me more money." So he, I'm pretty sure he brought that up in the talks with uh, with Philly's GMs. <laughs> so, uh, but no, what I'm what I'm saying is, um, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish with bringing up the 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 prize money for the home run derby is they're trying to get the stars to come out. They're trying to get a Mike Trout to compete. They're trying to get Bryce Harper to compete. They're trying to get Machado to compete. They're trying to get the top name guys. And this is the same problem that the NBA has with uh, the dunk contest, which is why the dunk contest honestly um, has really sucked and it's taken a dive. It's taking a, a back seat, if you will, to the three-point contest. I sit down and watch the three-point contest. It's That's way more exciting than the dunk contest. Uh, and mainly because, you know, the stars aren't doing it. Um, so, and, and and the stars are doing the three-point contest for the most part. I mean, you got Steph Curry in there every year. So it's like, why can't we get the stars to do the main event? For basketball, it's the dunk contest. You don't have LeBron James in there. You don't have... Uh, Atatakumpo in there. I probably I I think I butchered that last name, but <laughs> Giannis. I call him Giannis because his last name is a nightmare, um, worse than mine. But you know what I mean. You don't have the stars in there to compete. I mean, you had Blake Griffin when he was younger, but now when we look at baseball, I mean, last year's home run derby, aside from Bryce Harper, was pretty mediocre. I di- I didn't like it. Uh, you know, I, it, it was just. I I get it that 
you know, these guys have power, blah, blah, blah. But it's not the guys that we want to see. I want to see Altuve out there. I want to see, uh, you know, George Springer. I want to see Carlos Correa. I want to see Nolan Arenado. I want to see uh, Mike Trout. You know, the best guys out there, uh, J.D. Martinez. Throw, throw them in there. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see uh, Max Muncy. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, Max Muncy, he's good. But I don't, I don't want to see Max Muncy. And that's not a knock at Max Muncy. I mean, he, he did pretty good in the Derby. Uh, I want to say, I don't know what he hit, but I, I want to say he made the, the semifinals. But, uh, you know, th that's just, that's probably just me being selfish. I want to see the best guys. Because I don't get to see the best guys all the time. Uh, you know, that that's what All-Star Week should be about, is to showcase the talent I mean, if they wanna if they wanna start um, gaining viewership, then they need to start having the 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 big dogs in the home run derby to, you know, wow some people. Because when when uh, Judge was in it, when Harper was in it, uh, when Stanton was in it, we were just wow. Look at look at that guy hit man. Like that that is the type of feel that I want to have. Like sitting down watching Max Muncy, I don't have that feeling. I mean. I was just, who the hell is Max Muncy? You know what I mean? Like, that's how it was last year. Um, yeah, they had Javier Baez. They had Freddie Freeman. I, and I get that. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, I could have done without Kyle Schwarber. Go, go somewhere else. Um, that's my thing. So, with them trying to trying to gain interest from the big stars, I don't know how much money that they could up it to get the big stars to do it. I just feel like they should make it a requirement. I'm sorry. If, if, uh, if you're the top guy, if you're the top home run hitter um, in the league, then, yep, you're, you're automatically in the home run derby. That That's pretty much what it comes down to. Or, you know, if they don't want to take it for, uh, you know, this year, they could take it for the last two years. If you're, if you're the best home run hitter in baseball, you should be in the home run derby. But I understand also... A lot of it goes in a lot. A lot goes into the, these type of decisions because uh, what the home run derby does is it screws up somebody's swing, and that could mess up. You know, if, especially if, let's say if it's Mike Trout. Uh, I'm not going to say that his swing is going to get messed up because I think this guy uh, can do anything. But let's say Mike Trout goes into the home run derby and he and he wins it. He tears it up, and uh, you know the the Angels are are in a a playoff push, which they probably won't be this year, but. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're in a playoff push. You have Mike Trout go, he's tearing up the first half of the year. He goes into the home run derby and he smacks a whole bunch of home runs, wins the home run derby. But then coming out the gate in the second half, he's terrible because he lost his swing because the, the home run derby is not the same type of approach. It's not the same type of swing. Um, and he's, and he's down for about a month, you know, like he's slumping terribly. Not saying that that happens all the time, but it is something that happens that the, the home run derby messes with these hitters' swings. Um, that is, you know, where the players are coming in. It's like, well, you know, I don't want to participate because it's going to mess up my my numbers in the second half. It's going to mess up my my chances for my team, you know, if, if I'm not hitting well. Um, so I get that. Uh, but, you know, me as a fan, I'm just going to be selfish. I, I'm never selfish. I'm going to be selfish right now. I want to see the best players in the home run derby. That is where I stand with that. And, uh, you know, if you guys have your opinions, drop it down in the comments. I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about that. And to wrap it up, um, you know, we kind of got off on a tangent with all this all-star talk. Uh, with the rule changes, but we're going to get back into the spring training, back at the prospect watch, 
Uh, just to run down, we have Yunzel Diaz. Holy crap! I, <laughs> I probably butchered that. But uh, he was the he was the player um, that the Dodgers traded over to the Orioles in the Manny Machado deal last year. He hit a bomb this week, and that thing I I don't think it's still I don't think it's landed yet. Uh, he crap. He he hit the crap out of that ball. Um, and you know, he's doing pretty good in, in spring training, his numbers as it stands right now. And, and I was a little bit surprised, um, that he's doing this well, this early. Um, but when you, when you look at it, because he's really young, he's, he's 22 years old. He's not as young as obviously Vlad jr. Um, and he doesn't have, you know, the, uh, the, uh, um, exposure i guess if you will he doesn't have the hype that's that's the word i'm looking for he doesn't have the hype as a uh, vlad jr obviously because of who his dad is but uh use now i think that's how you said use nell diaz i had to sound it out uh 22 years old and he's having a good spring and 33 at bats he's hitting 333 one home run which was the bomb that i was telling you about um and seven rbis so I don't know if he's going to crack the big league rotate or big league rotation. I don't know if he's going to uh, crack the 25 man roster yet uh, because of the service time issues, but he is definitely making his case and the future, um, at least with the start of Diaz, the future is looking good in Baltimore. So uh, that's a, that's a plus. But when we're looking at more prospect watch, you got the Oakland athletics, Jesus Luzardo, and he is looking pretty good in spring training. Let me tell you. He has pitched nine and two-thirds innings this spring with 15 strikeouts and an ERA of .93. And the question is, is he major league ready yet? He's tearing it up in Arizona. Uh, that is for, cer- for certain. Uh, but is he major league ready? I think that the A's need this guy on the 25 man i think that they need to start him uh he's 21 years old again with the um service time restrictions that's the reason why i think that they may hold off on making him available for the 25 man but i think mid-season he'll definitely be up and he'll be helping the a's who the a's i don't think get a lot of credit um a lot of teams aren't giving the a's a shot at winning the the al west and they weren't too far off last year, guys. Uh, they weren't too far off from the Astros. And the Astros, you know, they're without Dallas Keuchel. And, and the Astros have actually looked into signing Dallas Keuchel. But Dallas Keuchel has turned them down twice. Now, wouldn't that be something with the A's needing some starting pitching? Wouldn't that be something if Dallas Keuchel went over to the Oakland Athletics? The A's don't The A's don't use uh, a lot of money. But uh, that wouldn't that be something? That would be actually pretty pretty hilarious if uh, if that happened. But uh, on the Dallas Keiko um, front, anyway, since we're talking about him, you know he is expected to. Well, I expect him to sign with the Phillies. He's in talks with the Phillies, um, so that that's where I expect him to end up. But that would be a huge move for the Athletics if they went and got Dallas Keiko. I think that uh, they would benefit uh, hugely from that acquisition. But more, more on Prospect Watch. We are looking at Fernando Tatis Jr., who uh, Manny Machado he has. And Manny Machado has been in the in the media quite a bit uh, since he left to San Diego. Obviously, because he has, um, you know, he has he has all eyes on him because he just got paid this this offseason. So rightfully so. 
But uh, Manny Machado, he was asked about Tatis Jr. and what he thought about him. And he pretty much said he's a beast. Uh, and, you know, he is ter- he, he is having a good uh, spring training. In 22 at-bats, he's hitting uh, 318, two home runs, three RBIs, with an OPS of 1.127. So that is uh, impressive for the young 20-year-old. But then again, again, with the time restrictions. And this is going to be a huge talking point for the Players Association when they when they are talking with MLB is um, – are they, are they going to change it from service time? Or are they going to change it to an age requirement? Um, I think the age requirement would probably be better because then you're not holding back, you know, uh, Victor Robles. You're not holding back Juan Soto. You're not holding back um, uh, Vlad, Vlad Jr. You're not holding back these guys because of their age. Because if you set it at an age requirement, um, at an age limit, you know, you can bring these guys up whenever. But... You know, will that will that hurt the um, development of these players if they just want to throw them out there because they're marketable? Um, that's where it comes down to. But I think that if they change it to um, to you know to a to an age requirement rather than service time, I think that that would be more beneficial for the players um, and for the fans. On obviously, because the fans we are waiting for Vlad Jr. to, to break onto the scene. We were waiting for. Uh, you know the next, the next best, the next, the next best thing in the pipeline. But if they're being held up uh, because of age restrictions, because like I'm waiting for Tatis Jr. I mean, I'm I'm an NL West guy. I'm a Giants fan, and I want to see Tatis Jr. Uh, when the Padres come to town. And you know, with the with the service time requirements, with the restrictions, they won't call this guy up until much later. Uh, in the season, so or or if if at all, they may hold him down in the minors another year because they don't want to start his clock. So I just think that's not fair to uh, to the players, to be honest. And the final guy for the uh, the prospect watch, who is probably going to make the the um, big league squad in in Manhattan in uh, New York, Pete Alonso, twenty four years old for uh, first baseman for the Mets. He's having a great spring. 20, 29 at bats. He is hitting 414 with three home runs, which were uh, monster shots. I, I mean, when you when you watch these guys in spring training, you're not expecting a lot. Uh, but man, when when they crack them in spring training, it, it it is amazing. And I I think it's just the crack of the bat. Uh, is I just feel like in spring training. Because uh, the atmosphere is, is so much more intimate. Um, the sound of the, the crack of the bat is just, oh, it's heaven. It's heaven for me. But uh, he has three home runs and six RBIs. So uh, that kid, he's off to a to a great start in spring training. And I expect him to do great things uh, for New York. And New York, um, you know, they're, they're, they're no joke either. They're, they're going to be competing just as much as the Nationals and the Braves and the Phillies. The the NL East is I think the most stacked division in baseball and that division is going to be a gauntlet. Uh and I can't wait. So that is it for this week's episode of Passion for the Pastime. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening and uh we are approaching opening day and each day we get closer. I am excited. Today uh I'm recording it is uh, March 11th, 
and uh, we are 17 days away from opening day. My countdown is coming down to the last 17 days, and you can follow that countdown on uh, my Instagram at Wally's underscore podcast. Uh, go ahead and check that out. And what I do with the pot, with the with the countdown is whatever day it is, I correspond that to a jersey number and I put that player out there. So you guys go check that out. Uh, you guys have a good one. Be safe out there. Keep watching your spring training. Keep watching your clubs. Uh, I know my Giants. They aren't doing crap because uh, the one guy that I did want them to get uh, in Adam Jones, who was available, he just signed with the Diamondbacks uh, yesterday. So uh, not much happening on the Giants front, but. You guys have a good one. I'll talk to you guys next week. And always, even if they're not making the moves that I want, go Giants.